guys, welcome to the Hacks Basely Show. My name is Basely Yorobi and I am the CEO and founder of Connectex Global. In this podcast, I will answer to the couple questions about tech, entrepreneurship, and life. Hello, Carlos. How you feel? Hey, how you doing, Yoro? Very I'm good, good. Thank you. I'm good, good, good. So, so th- um, for all those people who don't know me, I'm basically Yorobi. And uh, today, it's not about me. It's about Carlos. Carlos, can you introduce yourself? Yes, of course. Uh, I'm Carlos Diaz. I'm 47. Uh, I live in San Francisco. I, I moved to San Francisco 10 years ago. I originally come from France. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur all my life. I started my first uh, startup back in 96. That's a long time ago. And I was uh, 23 at this time. And uh, I created this company in, in France that was a, a digital agency. And uh, uh, eventually, this company became public in uh, 2006. After the, the company became public, I started another startup. I didn't want to do professional services anymore, so I decided to start a, a new startup uh, in the software sp- uh, space. And uh, we were one of the first uh, software as a service player in France uh, back in 2006. The name of the company was Blue Kiwi Software, and we were doing enterprise social networks, something like Slack or Workspace, uh, stuff like that. Um, and we started that in France, but uh, soon I realized that uh, France was not the right place uh, to run a company like this. So I decided to move the company to, uh, well, to move myself as the CEO of the company to San Francisco in 2010. And uh, we sold the company in 2012. I started another startup then uh, that was an American startup with uh, American co-founders and American investors. And uh, guess what? I failed. <laughs> so <laughs> after after IPO, after an MA, I I was here in Silicon Valley. I was like, finally, I'm here at the right place uh, where I should be, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna crush it. And actually, I didn't work the way I was expecting. Uh, it didn't work for many reasons, but uh, mainly because I think that uh, I I didn't get it, exactly how the Silicon Valley was working and. Uh, what was a real playbook? I didn't have the right network at this time. So, uh, and a lot of people are saying that it's okay to fail, but actually it hurts. You know, it hurts pretty bad. Uh, so after this experience, I was like, what? What should I do next? You know, should I create another startup? Would that have been you know my fourth one? And uh, I didn't have any idea, and uh, had a had a little bit of money, and uh, I decided to become an investor. But the problem is that I didn't have the background to become an investor in Silicon Valley. So mm. the only option I had was to create my own fund. What I did uh, in 2015 with uh, two other partners, uh, Geraldine Lemaire and, uh, and Pierre Gobille, we decided to start uh, an acceleration program named the Refiners uh, um, that was uh, backed with, uh, with uh, a fund. Uh, and in five years, we've invested in 55 startups with a very, very original thesis that is uh, we only invest in uh, foreign entrepreneurs. So basically everything but the not the typical white male nerd from Stanford. Yeah. So it's basically uh, what we believe at the refineries is that the talent is equally distributed on the planet. You don't have to be in Silicon Valley to be talented. 
but uh, the opportunity is not. So we see a lot of very, very interesting and very exciting and very ambitious uh, entrepreneurs in Europe because that's where we come from, uh, but they're just not at the right place. Uh, so uh, we wanted to uh, uh, rebalance a little bit, you know, this kind of thing and, uh, and say to these entrepreneurs, you don't have to start your company in, uh, well, you can start your company in Europe, but you don't have to target, you know, the European market first. And we can help you to target your real market. If your market, your first market is really the U.S., we're here, you know, to help you. And the problem is that when you arrive to uh, the U.S., you don't know anything. You don't have the culture. You don't, you don't, you don't understand the mindset. You don't have the network. So that's what we're trying to do with the refiners. What we've been trying to do for the last five years. Wow. So incredible. Thanks so much for that. So, like, can you also um, uh, explain what is your ritual and routine when you wake up? Uh, hopefully, I think that when you wake up, hopefully you can play guitar because you like guitar and you sometimes you <laughs> see you are, you are um, yeah, bingo. But just for joking, what is your um, ritual and routine when you wake up? Unfortunately, I've got my guitar, you know, just next to me, but uh, uh, that's not the first thing I'm doing, you know, when I wake up uh, in the morning. Um, I tend to wake up, not that early, I wake up at seven o'clock, something like that. Um, I know that here in Silicon Valley people used to wake up very early. Uh, I, I, I go to bed pretty, uh, 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 pretty late, uh, so I cannot wake up earlier. So I used to go to bed at one or two o'clock in the morning. So um, I, 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 I need really these five, six hours of sleep, you know. So I wake up at seven in the morning. And uh, I grab a coffee, that's the first thing I need. Um, I get a shower, and then after uh, I get into, uh, usually I start having calls with Europe mainly because uh, we are out of nowhere here in Silicon Valley. So if you, the morning is usually my, my time for uh, keep a connection you know, with Europe. And uh, I'm, I'm, uh, the mornings are pretty busy. Uh, obviously, I start at eight o'clock or something like that, and from eight o'clock to twelve o'clock, I usually have four hours of full call, back to back, with people either in Europe or in the East Coast. And then after, uh, when uh, when it's twelve p.m., uh, things start to uh, slow a little bit, and uh, I've got more time. So usually in the afternoon. That's when I start working on stuff I have to uh, really focus on, you know, and, uh, and get my heads down and, uh, and start meeting. Well, actually, right now, it's not that easy to do, but uh, usually after 5 p.m., that's when I start networking around and meeting with people uh, here in San Francisco. So that's my typical day. Okay, cool. It's very inspiring. Uh, inspiring. Um, what, what are the three mobile applications you use the most? Uh, uh, what, what application do I, do I use the most on my phone, do you mean? Yeah, or... on, on your phone, on your phone, on your phone, because I think you are more on your phone than your, your desktop, right? <laughs> well, actually, that's not really, uh, uh, it, it, it's not very true. Uh, it, was, it was the case before, but because now we are locked down and uh, stuck at home, I'm spending a lot of time on my, on my, on my laptop. I, 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 I bought a huge screen. So now I got, I, I, tr I try to recreate my, my office at home. So 
I've got my setup. I, I'm doing a lot of podcasts, you know, myself. Mm. So I've got my Rodecaster Pro. I've got my big screen. I've got my computer. i got everything. And I'm spending a lot of time on my desktop, you know, right now. Um, what is the, the app I use the most? Right now, uh, what I'm using a lot right now is Notion. Um, uh, I don't know if you know Notion, but it's... Yeah, uh, I know that. And I see that you are created like it's such as a website where you, when you write some article, you put on yeah. Notion and you give the link. And uh, about the results, yes. it's the same thing. Because a lot of entrepreneurs ask you a lot of questions. You say, oh, go to the Notion. All resources yeah. are there. <laughs> yes, because, uh, yes, it's true. Because actually, it's, a, it's kind of my uh, brain hard drive. You know, I mean, it, I'm writing, I'm a guy that writes a lot of stuff. Everything I'm doing, I'm trying to, I try really to uh, write it down. Uh, so I write a lot, you know, I read a lot, I write a lot. And, uh, and when there is something I put that I think is uh, worth sharing, uh, Notion is fantastic because you can just open uh, the knot you just put together and make it public and share it you know, with, uh, with everybody. So, uh, in the recent uh, three, four, five months, I, I, I spent a lot of time on Notion and I really love the product. I, it's, it's really my, my workspace. It's uh, where I organize all my stuff uh, and uh, I get my thoughts together. But it, it's not only about writing. You can do a lot of stuff on Notion. I got like a kind of a, a trailer-like where I have like a CRM system. It's a very small one you know but uh, i can get things organized and uh i can i put my resources you know notion my list of links everything so uh yeah i i find notion very uh very useful and uh it's it, interestingly uh i started notion with the free version but just mm -hmm. after two or three days i decided to pay for it uh mm -hmm. what, what is crazy because usually it, uh, it takes more than two or three days, you know, to decide to uh, uh, go premium. Yeah. Uh, but just after two or three days, I was like, okay, that's my space. That's my, that's my shit. I love it. Um, take my money. <laughs> so cool. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so Notion, Notion and is definitely, yeah. Notion and, and what? So Notion and the second and the third. I spend a lot of time on Facebook and on Twitter, of course, uh, because, uh, I'm, I, I'm doing a lot of stuff and sharing a lot of stuff. So, uh, Facebook and Twitter are my platforms right. uh, to share information with others. Uh, spending a lot of time also on LinkedIn recently. Uh, I find you know LinkedIn pretty interesting. Um, yeah, and uh, you know what? Because I'm doing a lot of podcasts, I'm spending a lot of time on GarageBand. <laughs> because oh. I'm yes, because I'm doing all the post production on GarageBand and uh, okay. Logic Pro, and um, so yeah, I'm spending a lot of time on this uh, software. I, I didn't know anything about uh, podcasting and uh, post production and stuff like that. I started my podcast Silicon County back in November 2019. I didn't know anything about this. I spent a lot of hours learning how to record, how to make, you know, the, the sound good yeah. and, uh, and making all the post production, the cutting and all these things. And, uh, yeah, so 
every time I'm doing a podcast, my podcasts are about, you know, 40, 45 minutes, but I've got something like two or three hours of post-production, you know, every time I'm doing a podcast. Or podcast. Yeah, because the sound is everything. That, that's why the product yeah. from a lot of sound is. Okay. Very important, very important, yeah. So you already said earlier why you are creative refiner, but just to make a little bit of resume to say um, the reason why. But personally, though, I'll, I, I will watch three or four movies from you from 20, uh, 2030, from now and you say literally the same thing sometimes you say you are a dog and you sometimes <laughs> you say uh you are underdog and sometimes you say uh innovations is everywhere sometimes you say you are proud to be from limoges uh and yes, sometimes you it's say a very that, small town yeah like and you, sometimes you say also like uh talent is everywhere and i think like mm. from 2013 26 20 Uh, uh, 2006, with your uh, of um, see a friend, uh, bro brother, you created started a, a company, blah blah blah. 1996. And 1996. It was, it was 1996. Wow. Was like 20, more than before 20 the bubble, years ago. before the internet bubble, yeah. right? Okay. Yes, absolutely. So and, I, and I I experienced you know, a lot of crises. I, I I went through the 2001 bubble. I wow. went through the 2007 and 2008 crisis, and now the COVID. So Uh, and, and, and you know what? I love yeah. these moments. Of course, well, nobody likes, you know, crisis and it's terrible what's going on you know, right now. And, uh, but at the same time, uh, business-wise, it's a fascinating moment uh, okay. because uh, uh, the cards got reshuffled and uh, everything is, uh, it's like everybody's starting over. Uh, the people that were dominant yesterday's, uh, yesterday are not dominant anymore. And, uh, and it's, uh, I, I love those moments. And if I look back, you know, in my career, uh, I've been successful. I, I built my success on those moments and not mm -hmm. when it was uh, going very well. Uh, it's, it's because it's very hard to, to, to stand out of the pack when things are going extremely well. There is a lot of competition. There is a lot of people involved. Access to capital is very, uh, very uh, tough. And uh, when things are a little bit uh, tricky, uh, then that's when you see the real nature of people. And I think I, I, my mother told me that you know, a few, uh, few weeks ago. And she, uh, she was a little bit worried about the situation. And then she said immediately, I think you're good in shit. And when it's <laughs> shit, when the situation is shitty, That's when I'm the best, and uh, I I'm very um, I'm very pumped up, you know, right now, because I feel like uh, it's a very interesting moment to uh, create something new. That's uh, it's in these moments that uh, you create new stuff, and that's exactly what I'm doing, you know, right now, and I feel very excited about that. Okay, cool. So, and uh, it's, it's great to, to hear that. And uh, it's, it's, uh, this question could be uh, focused on uh, what we already say on but we find and uh, what you like create uh, something in the moment um, like that mm -hmm. in crisis. Uh, what for you the difference between the Silicon Valley uh, culture and the French technical system? And you say earlier in uh, another um, your show on Facebook with your friend Marvin that like. You, you don't understand why people are not, don't, don't, in France, don't have some discipline. And I don't know why you use the term <laughs> of discipline. I, I'm very curious and I want to understand because the, you, it can be the, the piece of the, 
of the difference between Silicon Valley and, and, uh, and the French tech ecosystem. Yeah, that's true. It's a, it's a very interesting point you're making here, Euro. Um, uh, there is a ton of difference and, uh, in between uh, Europe and Silicon Valley. And, and the main problem is that this difference is not visible. It's, uh, it takes a lot of time to, uh, to get the difference and uh, to get used to it. And uh, when you come to Silicon Valley, you think that uh, they like us, they look like us, they, they, you think that they think like us, but actually everything is different. Uh, the main difference, and if I go back to your point, and when I was talking about discipline, is that uh, entrepreneurship in Silicon Valley is not just an art, it's, it's a real process, it's a discipline, it's a, it's a business, it's, a, it's, it's not about, it's not cool, it's not just about, I, I feel like, uh, for example, right now in France, uh, it sounds pretty cool, you know, to create your own startup. And uh, when I was young, it was cool to create a rock band and play mm. guitar in a rock yeah. band. Today, it's cool, it's not cool anymore. What is cool is really to create your own startup. And I feel like in France or in Europe in general, there is something about technology and entrepreneurship that is uh, a little bit romantic and uh, a little bit um, cool. And I don't like it because I think it's a very serious matter. And uh, what I've learned here in Silicon Valley is that running a startup is a real, uh, is a real business. It's an industry. There is a, a lot of stakeholders in this uh, industry with uh, very different agendas, and uh, you need to uh, take it very seriously. And, uh, and 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 Americans are very good at processing everything they're doing. I mean that everything they are doing are have their own process. And uh, uh, creating a startup, raising money, uh, developing the business, uh, recruiting people. Uh, there is a playbook in Silicon Valley with uh, very formal processes around those topics and uh, and uh, that's that's a big difference so sometimes uh, when people from Europe arrive here in Silicon Valley they want to do the stuff you know their own way like uh, uh, yeah we're gonna uh, I don't have a real process I know I'm good and and most of the time they're very good and uh, they're not respecting the rules they're not they're not playing by the book and uh, and that's one of the mistakes uh, they are doing is that here you need to to uh, to respect some uh, rules uh, that are very important, and the problem is that you don't know them because you you didn't grow up here, you don't know anybody, nobody explained to you that that rules, and uh, and that's when you're doing all the mistakes. Um, and uh, so, so yes, I, it's it's one of the big difference is uh, is I think it's maybe it's because Europe and France in particular is a such new ecosystem that there is no playbook yet, and it's normal, you know, because it's very new, it's brand new, and uh, uh, France is uh, building his own playbook uh, and creating uh, his own rules uh, and trying also to invent some of them. Uh, when here, this business and uh, technology has been around for the last 60 years, 50 mm. years. So uh, you need to understand how things are working here. Uh -huh. And uh, 
who are the people in place, uh, how do they think, how do they uh, behave, and your job as an immigrant is also to adapt you know, to uh, the rules already in place. You're not going to reinvent them. Mm. Uh, uh, so, or it's like when you play music, uh, uh, you need to, uh, to learn your instrument you know, before improvising. Otherwise, it's going to sound you know, crappy. Uh, so it's exactly the same when you come to Silicon Valley. It's, it took me, uh, I've been there for 10 years, and even today, I'm still learning a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it took me at least you know, five or six years to start understanding uh, how things are working here. So, so, so yes, you need a discipline. You need to be very disciplined to, uh, uh, to, to do your homework and, uh, and, and, and understand uh, the way it goes. Hmm. Yeah, and thanks so much because I, I like this conversation. I, I know you now know more <laughs> than the past because like you are very, uh, like, yeah, I think you're a missing artist and, uh, and um, a masterpiece because doing like hearts, you know, take it easy. Sometimes people say, oh, it's fancy, but it's, it's kind of discipline and you reinvent yourself every time. And another yeah. thing also you like, I, I understand right now what you see, you are like a dog and underdog because the next question will be interesting for you. Why did you create the Pigeon Movement? The first time I, I knew you, I was in Côte d'Ivoire and I, I yeah. was following the different train of tech ecosystem and I see, I, I received some brand new like Pigeon Movement from Carlos Jazz, you are the leader of this movement. I said, wow, it was in, yeah. I, mean, I think it crossed 20, 20, 20, 2012. 2012, yeah, 2012. right, 2012. Yes. I was not Côte d'Ivoire. It's, it's, it's been eight years ago. But yeah. what is, was very interesting just to, uh, 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 refresh everybody because I'm sure that uh, not everybody uh, remember this movement, but it was a very strong movement. It was the first uh, protest, online protest uh, yeah. from entrepreneurs online. Uh, so, and uh, why did I start the movement? Actually, it started like a joke. Uh, <laughs> it was not supposed, you know, to become what it became. Yeah. Uh, what happened is that I read a, a, a post on Facebook uh, from uh, Jean-David Chamboredon, who was uh, explaining uh, that the government was about to uh, overtax uh, start startups. Uh, he wanted to take 75% of the, uh, of, of uh, create a tax of 75% of the outcome when you sell your company. What is ridiculous because uh, creating a startup is like playing lottery. Uh, so if you remove <laughs> the jackpot, nobody's going to play lottery anymore. Yeah. So uh, uh, that was totally ridiculous. And when I read that, I was in San Francisco already. I was uh, I was there uh, since two years, and it sounded to me so ridiculous that I started to say, friends doesn't get anything about uh, startup and, uh, and entrepreneurship, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, uh, the government was a socialist government. It was a Francois Hollande. He, he just arrived in power uh, a few months ago. And uh, I had this word where I started to say, they take us, uh, they, they, they see us as pigeons. And, um, and 
and the word started to spread out. And I said, wow, that's interesting. Uh, let's create a page, uh, the pigeon page, where basically everybody that think the same, the same that I do uh, could join you know, this page. And we made a page on Facebook, uh, and that's how the pigeon, but when I'm saying that, it started in just a few hours. I think I started to talk about that on the Friday, and we started to create the page uh, during the weekend. And, uh, uh, and uh, on Monday, we were already 5,000 people. Wow. Uh, we, 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 um, and then the press you know, got interested you know, in this movement because I, I think that uh, in my network, I had people from uh, the public space that saw that the number of uh, uh, members on this space was growing pretty fast. And also we took um, an angle, very, a very specific angle that was kind of new at this time, that everything was anonymous. I was fascinated also by the anonymous you know, movement. Mm. So if you, look, if you remember the logo of the pigeon, it was very, um, Close to yeah, we had a, yeah. It was very close to the uh, to the anonymous you know, movement. So basically, nobody really knew who was behind this movement. There were no names. Uh, we were very very anonymous, and we were uh, speaking in a way uh, and talking in a way that nobody uh, talked this way you know before. And uh, so there were a lot of speculation uh, where basically people. I remember that people at the government thought that it was an initiative from uh, uh, Nicolas Sarkozy. Uh, others thought that it was an initiative from the MEDEF. Uh, so there were a lot of speculation who are behind these pigeons. Uh, and, and of course, the press uh, started you know, to reach out to us, asking to, uh, to talk with, you know, with us, to better understand who we were. And every time the press was asking us for information, we were like, no, we don't talk with the press. We don't want to talk with you. We only talk with uh, uh, with people online. We never and we never show our faces. And 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 then it became you know something pretty uh, intriguing. And the and the the more we were uh, uh, pushing back, you know, the press, the more they were talking about us, of course. And uh, and the speculation was a uh, uh, speculation were going on and uh, on and on and on. And it became something at, at a point where we reached something like 100,000 people uh, that in, in just a matter of uh, 30 days. And then the government you know, uh, got scared uh, because they didn't know. We, um, we, uh, we said that we will create, we will organize a protest in the street. And we were 100,000, <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, on Facebook. And that's when... Uh, the government started, you know, to uh, uh, ask to uh, to to get in touch, you know, with us, and we started a conversation. At this time, I had a conversation with uh, Arnaud Montbourg that was in charge, with uh, uh, the other Moron. Uh, the, the, I don't remember his name. Um, the guy that took the money, you know, that had money in Switzerland. He was a uh, uh, um, uh, secretary of economy at this time. Uh, um, what what is his name? Oh, I don't remember his name. So anyway, so and and I didn't want to be the face of that movement because I had other stuff you know to do, and I asked you know Jean David to uh, to be uh, 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 the uh, the the representative you know of the movement, and uh, he did a fantastic job you know, and uh, and then after the French tech and everything, um, 
uh, started after you know this movement and i think that this movement that started you know my facebook just through a stupid joke yeah. um, uh, triggered you know all these uh, and i'm very happy about that i'm not saying that i i'm just I, I was just a spark you know that started you know this uh, uh but uh, but yeah i mean i think that friends realized that they didn't get anything about the startup ecosystem and the new technology, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that the government, and that's really good news to say, you know, afterward, that they realized that they, they, they were behind the curve and that they, they, they really needed to uh, uh, make some efforts and uh, to better understand what was this new world and what it could represent also for the country. And, uh, and they put together a lot of stuff after the pigeon movement. They changed the, they changed the law first, uh, this uh, uh, tax policy uh, they had in mind, and uh, they started to put together les assises de l'entrepreneuriat, where basically it was a, a big conference with uh, entrepreneurs to uh, uh, understand a little bit uh, who was behind, uh, who was really uh, this new generation of entrepreneurs. Because at this time, and that was just eight years ago, for France, entrepreneurs were rich people uh, from rich families, uh, uh, a little bit like the bourgeoisie, uh, a traditional bourgeoisie. Uh, yeah. and, and what I, I really wanted to explain is that uh, startups are not part of that. Uh, they come from very different backgrounds. Uh, they can be a woman, a man, uh, people from uh, 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 different social origin also as well. And that was something, that was a concept that was very, very new uh, for the government and for the entire country. And I think that this movement uh, showed the world and showed the people in France first that their entrepreneurs were looking like, like them and that they were not um, uh, uh, people from uh, uh, rich families that were starting a uh, or continuing the business of their parents. No, it was uh, uh, young uh, people uh, freshly graduated from the best schools uh, that wanted to create their own startup or their own business. And that was a big uh, mentality you know, change in France. And I'm very happy if I participated to this. Yeah, yeah, it was a great adventure, and, and the same, and the, the, this adventure is literally the same life of Willie. And I, and I, I, I saw your video when you explained how you changed the life of, of Antoine because it was more mm -hmm. you don't trust him, and finally he changed this money. Now Willie, after six years, is a huge company, and you are part also this adventure. And thanks for for your commitment. Uh, and and this 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 um. Uh, st uh, statement I, I, I going to uh, help, will help me to uh, ask you another question. You say in one video like you are uh, entrepreneur as random because technically is not your pattern no. and, uh, because you like write you are from literature uh, literature background and for me you are such as a professor like such as a, you know, <laughs> a and, teacher. Uh, teacher right yeah. you know a lecturer like and um, for you uh, as a teacher you know uh, for me, you are my, oh my boss. Uh, you know, uh, what, how, how, why should we reinvent entrepreneurship education? Because 
you know, you had a lot of buzzword. People say a lot of big things, but you know, the old point. Sometimes people uh, entrepreneurs have the this right, you know, mindset, and they don't want to learn and don't accept to learn from people like you. Uh, what, what, what kind of advice you can see to reinvent entrepreneurship education? It's very. Uh, thanks for the question, and uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a question that is uh, that has been haunting me. <laughs> for years, uh, and uh, after all these years trying to be an entrepreneur, an investor, after having invested in uh, so many startups, and I spend most of my time with entrepreneurs, I came to that conclusion: is it's all about love. Mm. It's I know it's crazy, and as you're gonna say he's in San Francisco, uh, he has flowers, you know, in the air, <laughs> and uh, no. What I'm trying to say is that I came to the conclusion that being an entrepreneur is like falling in love. It's exactly the same process. When you fall in love with someone, uh, you cannot uh, think about something else. You are obsessed you know, with this person and uh, you do crazy stuff uh, for this person. And, uh, and, and, and you can go through very, very hard stuff, you know, because, uh, uh, because you're in love. And I think that being an entrepreneur, you need exactly the same mindset. If you cannot fall in love, if you don't know what, is, what love is, by the way, and what it is feeling, you cannot be an entrepreneur. It's impossible. And by the way, being an entrepreneur also is about loving people. You need to love uh, uh, first, uh, be passionate about the topic, uh, love the problem, okay, and uh, love the people who have this problem. Uh, you need to love your team. It's it's really about that. There is this empathy, this uh, feeling of when you're in love, you think that nothing is impossible, that everything, and you're very optimistic when yeah. you are when you are in love. And I think it's exactly the same kind of feeling, and. Uh, and, 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 and see, one thing interesting here, a lot of time, uh, during a long time, uh, that was a thinking, you know, in France or in Europe or, by the way, everywhere in the world, that entrepreneurship was a men thing. That was only for men because it was hard, it was very difficult, et cetera, et cetera. That's total bullshit. Mm. Uh, entrepreneurship is about love. Everybody uh, can love. and. Uh, it could be uh, anybody, uh, no matter uh, his uh, gender or his race or mm. whatever. It's really a question about, about being passionate, uh, being obsessed, uh, being uh, dedicated, uh, full of energy, because that's how you are you know, when you're in love, mm. and being authentic and doing that for a good reason. When... Uh, when you're in love, sometimes you know you cry. Sometimes you're happy. Sometimes you're uh, you have anger, but uh, you do it for good reasons. You know you're authentic. You know your feelings are very authentic. And I think an entrepreneur is exactly the same. So this is my conclusion. This is really what I believe. You know, right now, it's all about love. Wow. So uh, so can you teach love? Can you teach people to uh, to love? I'm not sure. So uh, it's very hard. It's very hard. It's very, very hard. hard. Very hard. So you need a big heart. You need a big heart. You need a big mind. 
you need to be open. Uh, you need to uh, look at the world. You know, you will never fall in love if you are not interested by the others. If mm -hmm. you don't look at the others and, and care about the others. Yeah. This is impossible. You cannot fall in love this way. So I think it's, it's really about that. So if you want to become an interpreter, become a lover. Become someone with, uh, that cares. Become someone that uh, go to other people, like you're doing yourself. You know, you're someone that uh, uh, go to uh, other people, trying to meet with, uh, overcome any challenge and uh, meet with other people because that's the best way to fall in love. Yeah, totally agree. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, it, it seems to me like, and you see all the time since the, 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 this coronavirus crisis, you see right now, every time when you do your live, your, 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 your podcast, you say the same thing. You say it's the best moment, right, to be kind. Every time you say mm. the same word, kindness, yeah. empathy, yes. kindness, yes. empathy. Same yes. time. And, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and is, is what you say is like everything is about, and we, it's, it's, I don't know why right now human being going to that and learn this because all human being <laughs> is like that. We must to have some, this kind of chemistry to feel what people feel as you already seen, no matter their color, gender, you know, you are just one yeah. thing. There is so much hate going on, you know, right now. Mm. Uh, hate is very common. So if you want to be different, uh, you need to uh, be kind. That's basically being different, you know, right now, because an interpreter is someone that is different. Uh, so, so yes, I, there is many assholes. I, 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 I've been around, you know, for a long time. And uh, when I was, uh, uh, when I turned 40, I decided that I, I wouldn't spend my time with asshole people, you know, anymore. So mm -hmm. I, I, want to, I want to spend time with people I love, with people I care, um, and, uh, and do great stuff, you know, with them. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, when you ask me, do you want to be part of this show? Yeah, of course, because I like you. That's it. Uh, it's not because I have any interest or I'm thinking about anything. Just mm. my question was, do you like Euro? If that is the answer is yes, then yes, I, I'm okay, you know, to spend time with you. Uh, otherwise, you know, I would say no. No matter yeah. if there is a, a, a big interest, you know, behind or whatever, I don't care. I mean, mm. I, I, I know that there is, a, there is much more, you know, to get out of this uh, kind of kindness and, 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 and care. Mm. than uh, doing stuff by interest. Thank, thanks so much. Mm. I really appreciate it, though. Thanks so much for all Sure, no things. problem. Thanks so much. So um, going to the, uh, it is not, we are not far away to done this show. Like, okay, so um, you say, you say, I love your punchline. You say every time, like, do you want to create Ponycon? Don't have <laughs> dream. Don't have ambition. But if yeah. you want to create a unicorn, two things, dream, ambition. Dream, yeah. ambition. Why dreaming or ambition is so important to you and in entrepreneurship? Because it's not because, about your own life, perspective, but it's own perspective because, also experience. Because the life is so short. And uh, that why spending time doing small things when you can do big things? It doesn't really matter your project is big or small. People mm. won't care about it. People won't believe in it. So uh, it's going to be tough the same. I mean, at creating a, what I call a ponycorn in, in, in opposition to a, a unicorn, it, 
I'm saying it's it's as difficult, you know, to create a punicorn than a unicorn, but it doesn't have the same size. So uh, it's got everything you're doing, and it doesn't have to be a tech company. Uh, opening a hairdresser, you know, salon, for example, mm. or a shop, any kind of business is difficult. Uh, um, so it's not only tech that is difficult. Everything is difficult. When you, when you decide to become an entrepreneur and build a business, it's always difficult. So why limiting yourself? Uh, you should think big because it's going to be half the same. So at least, you know, uh, try to target uh, a big dream. Try if you, if, I don't know, if you open a restaurant, uh, think about, try to make the best restaurant on earth, not just a restaurant for the few people you know, for your, um, uh, no, try to do something big, get yeah. a dream and try to uh, be a, the best version of yourself that's what i'm trying to say and i and i hate because uh, uh i hate people when they try to find excuses where yeah but uh, i was not born at the right place if that's the case move on you know yeah. leave leave your country go to another country uh uh, uh don't stuck don't don't stay stuck you know in your own belief assumptions opinions and behaviors mm -hmm. so change get out of the box mm -hmm. so uh and and a lot of time i see a lot of people uh, that get stuck into their box uh just because they uh they refrain themselves you know they uh they don't allow themselves to think big and mm -hmm. the, the only thing i'm trying to tell them is why why are you saying that and that's what i love here in san francisco and in silicon valley that they think big, they think global from day one. They wanna become, it's not a question of making money. Hmm. It's just about accomplishing you know, something that truly matters, that has a real impact and that can really change the world. Hmm. And I think that's exactly what we need you know, right now. And it's not gonna happen. We need a new generation of entrepreneurs with a new mindset coming from very different origins to do it because the way we've been doing it um, for the last years, hasn't been working. So we need to change. So I'm saying to this new generation, young people from different backgrounds, it's your turn. But if it's your turn, it's your time, uh, think big. Because we are in a, such a shit you know, right now that if you don't think big, nothing is gonna change. Yeah. So please think big and try to make this fucking world better. Yeah. <laughs> I love you because you are such a, a rock star, right? <laughs> so, no, so it, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's totally true. And uh, it seemed to me because why? Because I remember when you uh, I sent the uh, I sent the newsletter about my podcast and I sent the the, the episode with uh, Gaka Wazaki as a um, guest. You say to me one word, congrats, bro. And uh, I was I really appreciate your email and. Um, Many people in France, in house at France, tell me, oh, but how did you get in gig? I was like, I said, I just send an email. <laughs> of course, <laughs> that's it. And I that's said to you, I mean, I, when I saw that, I knew, I knew that people would be jealous, people would be, uh, or will ignore it, you know? Mm. And I said, no, I mean, that's great. And I, and I listened to uh, 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 the show, and I found it was a very interesting moment. And Guy Kawasaki was uh, amazing. 
he was uh, he was really authentic and he, he, he didn't play he, he didn't play any role. He right. was he, it was the geek I was like I used to know. So so yes, congrats, man. You know, I mean, what you're doing is great, and uh, and you uh, yes, aim for the stars. Mm. So, so I think like the first, the f most important thing is like open and create your own project in your head. Because when I remember I, I was starting my entrepreneur journey, and I'm, I'm not successful, I know, but I doing a lot of things, many evolve, right? many people like me, because you know, you know, and my, my audience know I'm black, but I don't care the fact that I'm black. Black is just my color, but it's not about it. I'm black, I came talk to Geek Kawasaki, go to Silicon Valley doing a, a tour, two time in, uh, in Silicon Valley, San Francisco, and after that in Los Angeles, and after that do, doing, doing another thing, or raising money. If I'm not raising money, I don't care, but I don't limit myself. And what you say is like, is very, uh, talk to me, like this is my, my motto, like I, when I want to do something, I'm not scared, I do, you know? I send an email, I receive some no. I don't care. Always you know? jump. Always jump. Never uh, stay and asking yourself if you should jump or not. Jump. Always jump. Because, listen, the, the example of Geek Kawasaki is a is very interesting example. Yeah. Uh, of course, you, what I'm saying jump is send an email to Geek Kawasaki. You, by, by definition, you already have a no. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't make it a try, you don't know if it's a no or if it's a yes. So by definition, it's a no. Okay. But try because actually you might be wrong and it could be a yes. And if you start, you know, thinking this way, like, okay, I don't care, but if I don't try, I don't know. Then you start daring to do stuff. And the more you dare, the more things, you know, cool happen. But yeah. Let's be, it, it's also, it, it, we shouldn't be naive also. It's true that uh, I, you're black and of course, and I see that here, by the way, I'm, 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 I'm working on a, on a podcast right now uh, about the topic of being black in Silicon Valley. And that's something I'm, I'm working very hard because I, I want to make it the right way because it's a very important topic and it's a very complex topic and I don't know. Mm. Uh, uh, I, I don't know a lot of stuff about that. So I'm trying to surround myself with uh, people that are really into uh, uh, the situation to better understand you know, what's going on. Uh, but it's true that uh, for people being black, this morning I did a podcast, I recorded a podcast about women in tech. And it's, a tough, it, it, it's tough to be a woman uh, yeah. also. Uh, and... I'm going to do also a podcast about being a woman and being black uh, because yeah. I don't want to mix you know, male and female in the same podcast because I really want to, I really want to know uh, what is it to be a, a black woman that is a, and not have, I, I really want to understand the specificity also of uh, being a, uh, a black woman here in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. But uh, yes, it's true that for these people, for these minorities, and uh, I, I feel very uh, close to these people because uh, you know my name. My name is Carlos Diaz. I was born in France, but I was never French. I mean, I, I'm French, uh, but when people uh, ask me my name or, or listen my name or uh, know about my name, 
uh, they're like, he's not that French. He's, uh, so uh, I've always been a kind of an immigrant you know, all my life. And now I'm here in the US, mm. well, people believe that I'm Mexican. And uh, that's perfect. That's why you use the uh, term of gringo, because you use this yeah. thing as asset. Like, you think I'm uh, Mexican? No, I'm your gringo. <laughs> no, I'm your gringo, because the gringo is the white guy, you know, in uh, in in uh, in 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 uh, in, in, in South America. Yeah. And that's exactly what I am. I have a Spanish name, so I can say I'm a, the gringo, but actually I'm white. And uh, I, I need to be very careful, you know, not to be this gringo. Because for me, gringo is like an asshole, you know? So it's a way for me to remember who I, where do I call, you know, I'm back. Uh, so are you mm. here? You're right? Yeah, I'm, I am, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I was receiving a call, you know, on my phone, so that's why. Uh, so yeah, so I feel, you know, some proximity, you know, with uh, the minorities because uh, I feel like I'm, I'm coming from this uh, background. Even if I'm not black, I, I'm white outside, but maybe I'm black inside. So don't worry, Carlos. For me, we, we are a, 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 a Ali. So like, being Ali is just being kind. Like you are not black, but you try to understand no. and you fail. You know? Yes, I. That's, I that's, care. A, that, that's the most important because most people I, I know a lot of. I will say something crazy, but I don't care. Like some African American don't care about another black people outside US, you know? Because yeah. they, one day fight for their cause is the cause of mm. African American. When I was yeah. the first time, it blew my mind. When I was the first time I was in the US and I tried to connect with African American, they tell me I was a shit. Like you are black, but you're not the same. You know? That the thing you is not about color, it's about kindness. You can be black and you can don't care about African people because you think that as African American, you are oh, yeah, better than sure. African. You, can, you know, you you can be black and you can be a real asshole. That's for, I'm sure that there is a lot of assholes, you know, black assholes. That's for sure. No, no, but you're right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's important to uh, uh, to yeah, it's just about being a good person. Yeah, you know, being kind, no matter right. the call. Yeah. So uh, why diversity and that will be the uh, precisely more last than question. last question. Uh, why, why, why this? Why diversity and ecology is the next trend on of Silicon Valley? Uh, the the what? Why diversity in 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 ecology is the next trend of Silicon Valley? Oh, uh, in green tech, you mean? Uh, everything. Yeah, green tech, is, uh, like diversity in green tech, is the next trend of Silicon Valley. Because I think that, uh, and it was time that people realized that. Uh, uh, the planet is fucked up and that if we don't change stuff, uh, we're going to be in, in big trouble. And, uh, and, and we need to be careful about the world that we're going to leave behind because first we, we're not eternal and, um, and we have kids and uh, what kind of world do we want to uh, leave to our kids? And I think that Silicon Valley and, um, they have this uh, motto where basically everybody's, if you ask them, what are you doing? We try to make the world a better place. But actually, if you look back in the recent years, this is not what we've been doing. Mm. We've been spending a lot of money in doing very stupid stuff. Are we, are, we, are we making the world a better place when we create an app to share pictures? I'm not sure about that. Uh, maybe. Uh, but I'm not very sure. And I think that... Uh, 
Silicon Valley is, re is uh, realizing, you know, right now that uh, they, we need to change. We need, uh, we, what we've been doing so far, uh, there is very interesting stuff, of course, that has been done, uh, very interesting technology, but now it's time to use the technology and all the knowledge and all the power also we have. It, it's not only a technological power, it's also the money uh, to uh, invest in stuff that really uh, uh, can make a difference. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a big thought leaders you know, here in Silicon Valley and, and Silicon Valley know that uh, uh, has a responsibility because it's like a beacon uh, that is uh, enlightening you know, the world. Uh, so it comes, you, maybe we are number one in terms of technology, but being number one comes with a responsibility. Yeah. And, um, and I think that, yes, it's true that since maybe one or two years, um, it's not nothing to do with the crisis, with the COVID and all this stuff, but Silicon Valley has been uh, reinventing you know, himself. Uh, itself and 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 I think that right now, if you really want to make the case and uh and 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 make a difference here in Silicon Valley, you need to have a project that has a real impact uh, a, a good sign of that is uh chris Saka Chris Saka is a very well known investor uh, in Silicon Valley. Actually, he was an entrepreneur you know, before, and then in uh, 2007, I remember correctly, he decided to become an investor, and it's he, like a little bit like I'm doing, but he's much more talented than I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he uh, he started his own fund because, uh, like I was saying, nobody uh, he, he he had no other option to but to create his own fund. At this time, he didn't have the money, so he he created a fund. A twenty million dollar fund, what is a pretty small fund, you know, here in Silicon Valley, but he's been investing in all the the best startups uh, that you could imagine in two thousand seven. He invested in Twitter, he invested in Airbnb, he invested in uh, Twitch. I I mean, the fund was named Lower Capital, mm -hmm. uh, Lower Case Capital, and um, and his portfolio was a dream portfolio. I mean, it, he had in his um, a portfolio, all the most iconic startup you can imagine wow. uh, uh, in the last uh, 10 years. And uh, after 10 years of doing that, he decided to retire. He, he made a ton of money, obviously, uh, because he invested in the, in the best startups. And he decided to retire. Uh, and, um, and, and so he didn't create uh, another a new fund. And now Chris is back. He's coming back. And, uh, and what he's doing now is uh, a, a new fund that is entirely dedicated to uh, green tech, to uh, making the world better. Uh, a real better place. And wow. uh, the name of the fund is uh, Lower Carbon. It's not Lower Case anymore, it's Lower Carbon Capital. And, uh, and uh, now it's, it's his own money and he's gonna invest essentially on uh, Yes, ecological uh, startups, uh, uh, projects oriented uh, toward you know the planet and the way we live in this planet. Uh, that's a big sign because Chris Saka is a is a rock star. He's a very well known, very trusted also by the community, 
So if Chris Saka is going into this direction, it means that there is something either important or interesting, and maybe both uh, interesting and important you know, to do in this direction. Yeah. And, and you're right, that's exactly the direction that the Silicon Valley is taking. Yeah, that's the sign. That's the sign. So um, thanks so much for your time. So can you say to us uh, your perspective of happiness and your last word? Because you are thinking a lot of your time. We, we, I think I will re-invite you in the next three months, etc. But, you know, um, you do a great job and uh, you give us a lot of insight. What is your um, perspective for happiness and your last word? Uh, my, 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 I, I didn't get the first thing. The, what about what is your perspective of happiness? Oh, perspective of happiness. Yeah, perspective um, of happiness. Happiness is, like I was saying before, is about uh, falling in love. So it's really about that. It's about love. And that's uh, nothing. I mean, you cannot be happy if you, if you don't love something or someone. Mm. So, uh, so love, love things, you know, love people. Uh, that's really my perspective. So care about the others and you will be happy because that's really what makes you happy. It's not the money. It's about uh, feeling that you're important for other people and that you're helping others. And when you have this feeling, you feel very happy. Yeah. And your final word? Uh, my final word? Uh, that's my final word. <laughs> <laughs> you can say the same thing, but I think you can say another thing like having you, because I, I like the, the, the stage when you talk to the new generation to say, new generation, make this world better. I was, I was like this part. You can make some, some uh, change, but I, li I like this part too. Imagine you yes, talk to I your mean, daughter. Because you, now you, you make a lot of video of your daughter. I think you, you are ready now to make a, a, some pass. Because your daughter doing podcast too, you know. I think you prepare yes, the legacy. Yes, for I'm the very, yes, I'm very proud of her, you know, and uh, I've got two daughters. And uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying to, uh, it's, it's tough to be a parent you know, and to be a dad, it's very hard. Uh, but, uh, but yes, if I have a word for the next generation, this is your world. If this is not our world, don't try to uh, be part of us. Uh, create your own mafia. Uh, take this world you know, for uh, granted. It's your world. Do whatever you want. It's your turn. Wow. Thanks so much again, Carlos, and uh, thanks so much for your time, and uh, yeah, keep in touch. Thanks so much. See you. See you. Bye-bye. Ciao. Thanks, guys, for listening. Please, please subscribe and share it. Share this podcast with your friend and your family. See you next time. Have a blessed day.